This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. Hey, Rocketeers. Before we get started with today's episode, we have a quick word from one of our podcasting friends. Hi, I'm Dan Sachs, a music educator and the host of Noodle Loaf, the interactive music-themed podcast for kids. Each episode of Noodle Loaf is a series of fun games designed to get the kids and their grown-ups singing, moving, and laughing together. We sing echo songs, we play clapping games, and other stuff like trivia. It's a blast. So check out Noodle Loaf next time you're looking to have some music fun. That's really music education in disguise. Shh, don't tell. Check it out, Rocketeers. Noodle Loaf is an awesome podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Grandpa's Globe.
Previously on Grandpa's Globe, Grandpa was recovering from his back surgery at home while Grandma worked on a mysterious gadget in the garage. With Grandpa's encouragement, Sawyer and Susie followed the brass compass and headed to Nigeria in search of Gabriella, the Globetrotter who supposedly had answers about the Globetrotter Society. While there, they met a food delivery man named Farouk, who mysteriously showed up at the Black Feathers' secret base atop Aso Rock. Sawyer and Susie saw workers there, who looked like they were up to no good, doing something with people's personal information on computers. And in the other room, they found Gabriella, who was being held captive by the Black Feather. Before the twins could rescue her, she was whisked away on a glider and taken to Calabar. And to make matters more difficult, Sawyer's been jinxed and can't talk until someone says his name or he loses the game and has to buy Susie a soda. And now for episode 5, Nigeria and the Brass Compass, part 2. Susie and Sawyer took in the views of Calabar as they zipped through it in a taxi. They'd used the Globetrotter tickets to get to the southern tip of Nigeria and were hoping the compass would take them where they needed to go. In the car, Sawyer had been brushing up on his miming skills, still insisting on staying silent so that he wouldn't lose the game. Sawyer couldn't believe how hard it was to stay quiet for this long. He'd never realized how much he talked until now. It seemed like every few minutes he'd see something cool he'd want to point out to Susie. Susie was too busy to notice his struggle. She was studying the guidebook and making sure the cab driver was following the compass's arrow. The driver couldn't understand why they wouldn't just tell him their destination or at least allow him to use his GPS. But they were a paying customer, so he went along with it. They passed by the Cross River that cut through beautiful greenery before emptying into the sea. Not far beyond it, the car turned onto a narrow street and headed towards a white square building with an antenna and radio tower sticking out of it. The building looked a lot like the tower on Aso Rock. As they pulled up, the arrow on the compass started to spin. Stop, Susie said. This is it. She quickly paid the driver and they hopped out of the cab. Sawyer mouthed some words and made a bunch of pointless gestures. Just give it up, Susie said impatiently. Obviously you need to talk, so just say it and you can buy me a soda later. Sawyer looked at her appalled and then dramatically mouthed, Never! Suit yourself, Susie said. I've kind of been enjoying the quiet anyway. Sawyer scowled at her. Holding the compass out in front of them, the twins followed the arrow around the building and entered through the back door. This building had much better lighting than the base on Aso Rock. There were several more fluorescent lights that hummed and flickered from the wood ceiling and gave the rows of computers below a creepy bluish glow. To their relief, no one sat in front of the computers, but the screens were still on and displaying the same types of faces and information they saw on Aso Rock. What's going on here? Susie whispered. Is that you again? came a voice from a neighboring room. I told you I don't want any more food. Just let me go. Sawyer and Susie waited a few seconds, 
then crept into the room and found Gabriella tied to a chair. She was a pretty Nigerian woman with dark skin and curly black hair. She wore a black jumpsuit with colorful triangles on it. She jumped when she saw the twins' faces appear around the corner. Clearly, she was expecting someone else. You are the children from Abuja who called my name, she said in surprised amusement. We are, Susie replied. Are you Gabriella? I am. Susie smiled. We've come to rescue you. Sawyer mimicked the spinning compass with his hands and then pointed to her. Susie interpreted. Your magical compass brought us to you. We got it from a Viking globetrotter named Alf. He said that it'd take us to you and that you would have answers about the Globetrotter Society? Gabriella stared, bewildered, between them and the compass. No, 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 you cannot be here. You must leave now. It is not safe. She glanced nervously over their shoulders. Sawyer waved her off and went behind her chair to untie her. Please, you are just children, Gabriella pleaded. I cannot protect you from them. I do not know how you know about the Globetrotters, but we are not a group you want to meddle with. Susie threw up her hands. Too late. We're already Globetrotters. Sawyer was having trouble untying the rope, so he clapped at Susie and gestured for the compass. Susie tossed it to him, and he used the sharp corner to cut through the knots. After several hard cuts, the ropes fell to the floor. Gabriella immediately jumped up. Quick, we need to go before he gets back, she said, rubbing her sore wrists. Before who gets back? Susie asked. Suddenly, the door swung open, and in walked Farouk, the food man, holding a plate of food. He froze when he saw the kids standing next to Gabriella. I had a feeling you were coming for her. How you day? He said with a playful smile. He casually hung up his black feathered coat and put a blue cylinder hat on his head. That was you flying off with Gabrielle on the glider? Susie asked angrily. Farouk chuckled and shook his head. So that was you that shouted Gabriella behind me. I'm impressed you were able to track me down. No doubt the globe's magic had something to do with it, huh? The globe? Susie looked at him surprised. Farouk leaned against a nearby computer. Of course, it is the only thing that explains your sudden appearance near me in Lagos. Two young American children appear out of thin air shortly after Gabriella was captured. I knew it couldn't have been a coincidence. I tried to stall you with food while I went to move her to a different base, but you still caught up somehow. Sawyer made a lot of confusing gestures, but Susie thought she got the point. How did you move around so quickly? she asked. Like you, a globe, Farouk answered. My globe, Gabriella corrected through gritted teeth. Farouk pointed playfully at her. She's right, it was her globe, but the black feather let me hold on to it after we captured her. I have to say it has been a blast using it. I used to run a restaurant in Lagos, and my favorite part of the job was delivering the food to my customers and watching them take their first bites. With the globe, I can deliver food from one side of the country to the next in the blink of an eye. 
I've never had so much fun. What a stupid thing to use a magical globe for, Susie said. Farouk threw the computer onto the ground, smashing it to pieces. Do not tell me how to use my globe. After Gabriella is done with her work here, I'll be using it to drop you off in the middle of the ocean. It'll be my way of delivering food to the sharks. Gabriella stepped forward. Leave them out of this, Farouk. It is me you want. What does he want from you? Susie asked. You haven't heard? Farouk interjected. Gabriella is the greatest hacker in all of Nigeria. She has helped the Black Feather steal the personal information of thousands of people across the world. You forced me to help you, Gabriella growled. There was some firm persuasion, yes, but you did it, and we need you to do it again and again and again. If I can't stop you, someone will, Gabriella promised. The Globes have sent Globetrotters for me. They'll do it again. Farouk looked at Susie and pointed to Gabriella. I knew when I first saw her, she'd be a tough one. Sawyer suddenly gasped. Oh, yes, finally. Whew. Oh, that feels so good to talk again. So good. Mm, and my voice. Doesn't it sound beautiful? It's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Oh, it sounds so good I want to hear it sing. Sawyer, Susie interrupted. Sawyer glanced around and saw that everyone was staring at him. Does this boy have a demon? Farouk asked sincerely. No, he just lost a game of chinks, Susie said. She turned to Sawyer. You owe me a soda. Correction, you lost the game of jinx and you owe me a soda, Sawyer replied cockily. I'll take a root beer and a frosted mug as soon as we get home. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. He saw the confused look on Susie's face. What? He said my name. He said, I knew when I first saw yer, she'd be a tough one. Susie rolled her eyes. Oh boy, that was a stretch. I think I've heard enough from you two, Farouk said, pulling a dart gun from his belt. Wait, Sawyer stopped him. What? Farouk said impatiently. Sawyer pulled out Grandpa's ring and held it up. I just don't want my Grandpa's ring to end up in the belly of a shark. You take it. Sawyer held the ring up to his face with two hands and whispered to it, My precious... Susie kicked him. Sawyer, just do it! Sawyer rolled the ring across the floor towards Farouk. Shoo, 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 boom! The ring grew with every roll until it was as tall as the room and rolled right over Farouk. Gabriella and the twins watched it roll with jaws dropped. When it finally slowed to a stop, Sawyer said, Okay, that was nuts. It's a vehicle, Susie said pointing to the seat and straps inside the ring wheel. They ran over to it and started buckling themselves into the wide seat. Gabriella ran over to one of the computers and started typing frantically. I need to plant a virus in the program to wipe all the information they've stolen, she said. As she typed, folders disappeared and all the screens in the room started turning blue and flashing the word erased. 
Then, as Farouk stumbled to his feet, moaning, she ran over to the huge one-wheel ring car and hopped in next to the twins. Susie reached for the long, skinny joystick in front of them, but Sawyer stopped her. <clears throat> May I? he asked. Susie handed him the joystick and Sawyer shoved it forward. The ring wheel burst through the wall and out onto the street, sending rubble flying. Sawyer coughed up dust. <coughs> Is everybody okay? Yeah? So apparently this thing can drive through walls. He looked at Susie. Where to? A clock tower, Susie shouted. First we need my globe, Gabriella said, nodding back to Farouk's yellow van. A black feather dart whistled through the air and stuck in her poofy hair. The kids stared up at it, and Sawyer had to admit it was a nice addition to her hairdo. Farouk was behind them, aiming his dart gun and running to his van. First we need to not die, Sawyer suggested. He threw the joystick forward and the ringmobile peeled out and zoomed down the street. Sawyer felt like he was playing a video game, jerking the joystick left and right, making them weave between cars and street merchants. Two more black feather darts blurred by Sawyer's head and stuck into the ring in front of him. He glanced back and saw Farouk following them in the van, holding his dart gun out the window and firing at them. Sawyer, look out! Susie shouted. Sawyer swerved just in time to miss a woman crossing the street with a stroller. They blurred by pedestrians and dodged mounds of dirt piled up by construction crews digging to repair the sidewalks. The wheel passed within inches of nearly everything in the street, maneuvering through narrow spaces between cars that the van couldn't manage. Farouk slammed his steering wheel in frustration and turned down a side street. We lost him! Sawyer laughed. Vroom! The yellow van suddenly burst out of a side alleyway right next to them and almost rammed into them. Susie screamed as a few more darts whizzed by and stuck into nearby buildings. Gabriella unstrapped herself and got to her feet. What are you doing? Susie shouted. I'm getting back my globe! Gabriella leaped from the ring car and grabbed onto the side of the van, narrowly missing a motorcycle that passed between them. Farouk swerved the van, trying to knock Gabriella off, but she held on. Steadying herself, she pulled the sliding side door open, jumped in, and grabbed the globe that was rolling around in the back. Farouk turned his dart gun on her. Ping, 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 boom, boom, boom. Gabriella held up the globe and blocked three feather darts. Ah, no! Farouk roared, trying to reload with one hand and steer the van with the other. Holding onto the globe, Gabriella jumped out of the van and leaped onto the ring car. Sawyer was so pumped he was bouncing up and down in his seat. Good night! That was the most ninja thing I've ever seen! Gabriella strapped herself back in and pulled the darts out of the globe. Farouk drove up next to them and took aim. This time, he had Sawyer right on target. Sawyer saw the dart gun aimed right at him. In a split second, he jerked the wheel and sent them barreling towards a large mound of dirt. Susie braced herself. Sawyer? Yeah, baby! They hit the mound and launched through the air. Sawyer and Susie could feel their stomachs drop like they were on a roller coaster. 
the ring car soared high above the street and landed with a bounce atop one of the building's flat roofs. Screaming and laughing, they zoomed from one roof to another, launching, jumping, landing, launching, jumping, landing, swerving occasionally to dodge a chimney. Farouk struggled to see the ring car above him. He honked like a madman at everyone in his way. Sawyer steered the ring to the edge of a roof and watched Farouk's van get into position. Susie knew exactly what her crazy brother was thinking. Sawyer, don't you even! Vroom! They zoomed off the roof, flew through the air, and crashed! Smashed into the roof of the van. The van and ring car skidded to a stop. Once they'd caught their breath, Sawyer rolled them off the back of the van. Farouk stumbled out of the damaged vehicle and collapsed on the ground, holding his injured leg. Susie slugged her brother. Sawyer, you could have killed him! Oh, please, I was aiming for the back of the van. They heard sirens approaching behind them. There is a clock tower down that road, Gabriella said, pointing down a narrow alleyway. Sawyer steered the wheel down the alley and drove them through a few more secluded streets until they popped out into a quiet plaza with a clock tower. They hopped out of the wheel and looked it over, trying to figure out a way to turn it back into a tiny ring. That would have been a nice detail to know, Sawyer said, looking for a secret button or something. Out of frustration, he resorted to smacking it in random areas. Hold on, Susie stopped him. If we turned it into this by just rolling it by hand, maybe that's all we have to do to get it to turn back. Sawyer shrugged, and together they pushed the ring car from the rear, and after a few rotations, flump, 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 it got smaller and smaller and smaller, until Sawyer was able to pick up the tiny ring and drop it into his pocket. We have a few minutes, Susie said, glancing up at the clock. We don't have to go until four. What can you tell us about the Globetrotter Society? Gabriella smiled. I can tell you that there are more of us than you think. And most of us are using the globes to fight evil. But not all of us. Some have used theirs for selfish pursuits. Oh, we know, Sawyer said, remembering all they went through with the Nogard twins and the dragon. Gabriella pulled out a small thumb drive for a computer and handed it to Susie. I keep digital records of all my missions on this, and on one of the files is a history of the Globetrotter Society. There's too much to tell in just a few short minutes. We used to have gatherings, meetings to help each other with missions, and discuss the latest threats around the world. But that stopped years ago, when the disagreement started and people decided to break off from the group. If the globes are forcing us to cross paths like this, it may be time to start those back up. Susie beamed. We'd love that. Here's your compass, Sawyer said, handing Gabriella the brass compass. Gabriella pushed it back into his hands. You keep it. I have no use for it anymore. If you want to see something interesting... She turned the ring around the compass arrow, and it clicked. You turn this like a dial and set it into different grooves, like this, see? And the compass will point you to other magical objects. Sawyer stared at the compass in awe. But just so you know, Gabriella continued, 
some of those objects have already been found by other globetrotters. I guess you can see it as a way to both treasure hunt and meet new globetrotters to bring back into the fold. Thanks, Sawyer said, tucking it away in his pocket. No, thank you, Gabriella said. The clock hand was almost on the four. Shoot, Susie said suddenly. Grandpa wanted us to bring back some gold for whatever Grandma's working on. What does he expect us to do, rob a bank? Sawyer said. Gabriella thought for a second and then pulled a necklace off her neck. Here, take this, she said, handing it to them. The end of the necklace had a little golden globe on it. It isn't much, but it's something. We can't take this, Susie said, hesitantly holding it in her hand. You can and you will, Gabriella insisted. It is the least I can do after what you both did for me. Thank you, Susie said, putting the necklace over her head. Gong! Gong! They turned to look at the clock tower. The clock struck four. They waved to Gabriella. Bye, they said. Gabriella waved back. I will see you soon. Gong! Gong! Sawyer and Susie spun through darkness and plopped right next to Grandpa on his couch, making him jump. Gelsa, what are you trying to do? Give me a heart attack now? Grandpa, she let us keep the compass, Sawyer said, holding it up. Grandpa raised an eyebrow at him. So you're talking now, huh? What happened to being jinxed? Oh, I won. Someone said my name. Grandpa looked doubtfully at Susie, and she sighed. Barely, she said, but I guess it counts. Well, I guess that means you get a soda. How about ice-cold root beer and frosted mugs for both of you? On the house. Yes, please, said the twins. Grandpa told them where to get the soda and mugs, and soon they were all sitting on the couch, sipping the cold, sweet drink. Oh, I almost forgot. We got your gold, Susie said, handing Grandpa the necklace. Grandpa took it and looked it over, amazed. You actually found some? I was basically joking when I said that. Gabriella gave it to us as a thank you for saving her, Susie said, and she gave us this. She held out the thumb drive. It'll tell us all about the Globetrotter Society. Excellent, Grandpa said. Here. He handed the necklace back to her. Go take this to your grandma in the garage. She'll want to melt it down for the circuit board she's finishing up for my new toy. Sawyer and Susie looked at each other full of excitement. They took the necklace and ran to the garage. When the door swung open, they found Grandma working on something with her back to them. She was wearing a mask and holding a welder's torch that was spitting sparks and flashing blue. She stopped and turned when she heard them enter. There you two are, she said, flipping up the mask, her face smudged and covered in sweat. Take a look at your grandpa's new ride. She moved to reveal the coolest wheelchair Sawyer and Susie had ever seen. The silver wheelchair was decked out in all sorts of gadgets and machinery. The wheels were thick and rugged. A jetpack stuck out the back. Boxes and wires blinked under the seat and gears turned. 
Sawyer and Susie stared at it as if a spaceship had just landed in front of them. Whoa, they said. Sawyer's eyes sparkled. Can I have a ride? Hey, Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed this two-part Grandpa's Globe episode all about Nigeria. I'm excited to see this wheelchair in action. You'll have to stay tuned. I want to take a second to give a very special shout-out to James. James, I know I gave your sister Elizabeth a shout-out, so this one's for you. Thanks for listening to the show. And thank you, Rocketeers, for supporting the podcast, for leaving your reviews on Apple Podcasts. I know some of you don't think that's a big deal, but it helps other people discover the show, and I read every single review and every email I get. I love the feedback, so keep it coming. And don't forget to check back regularly for all new episodes. Till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.